Welcome to Talking Mopars, episode number 162. This was another live stream that I recorded on Thursday night with my friends from the Motley crew of Mopars, Matt Monroe from the Big Blocks Garage podcast, and Blake Anderman from Sublime Technologies, formerly DIY Hemi. So without further ado, if you are a Mopar enthusiast, then you are in the right place. Don't go anywhere. You're tuned into the best Mopar enthusiast-driven podcast on planet Earth, and I'm your host, Chris Albrecht, better known as the Mopar Hunter, and this is Talking Mopars. You're listening to Talking Mopars with the Mopar Hunter, your direct connection to all things Mopar. What's happening, guys? It's Thursday night. Normally, you know, it's not very often I do a... a a weekday live but uh you know there's a special fun announcement that i want to bring to the table as you guys know muscle cars at the strip is coming to las vegas march 17th through the 19th at las vegas motor speedway and somehow project cars of the strip became a thing and now it's a fun little sideshow in the show field at project or at muscle cars at the strip and uh, i'm super excited about it I just got to get my car ready and done. And I know so many people (laughs) that are going to be at this event. Um, I'm really excited about it. But one thing that I'm more excited about than anything is getting all my friends together in one place. And there was one guy who wasn't going to make it to Matt's. And that's this gentleman right here. But what's what's the story, Matt? What's happening? Uh, I'm going to make it happen. We're doing it. Yeah. Vegas, Vegas, baby. So for the first time ever, (laughs) so Matt, myself and Blake from sublime technologies, formerly DIY Hemi have met at Holly's Mo party one time. And we didn't have Johnny Mopar there. And that was a bummer because we're the Motley crew of Mopars. And, uh, we've been trying to find an event that we can all get together and hang out. And this year, Blake reached out to me and he decided he was going to go. So we're going to get a tent for him. I think we're going to have a booth for him. I'm going to be participating with Johnny Mopar in project cars at the strip. And you know, that left, that left one member of the Motley crew of Mopars who is going to be all alone in Arkansas. And we just couldn't let that happen. So Matt decided, you know what? let's make it happen so we're all going to be at las vegas motor speedway march 17th through the 19th for muscle cars at the strip and i couldn't be more excited not just the motley crew of mopars is going to be there but so many of my other friends it is going to be i mean phil i don't know if you're listening to this phil is the organizer of muscle cars at the strip but uh you know don't be mad if there's a giant circle of people and we're just having a party at the wildest muscle car party in the West. And that's muscle cars of the strip. I mean, I don't know if anybody's heard, but I'm quite the party animal. <laughs> it's going to be wild. It's going to be the first time that we've had all the members of the Molly crew of Mopars there. And then, you know, a, I mean, a metric, like the amount of people that I've been talking to, that are going to show up. 
it's hard enough going around to events and talking to all your friends because you want to stop and talk to everybody that you know or the people that you haven't met that are like, oh, hey, um, there's going to be so many people. Thankfully, we're renting an RV and we're going to be staying on site. I'm actually I even invited my dad. My dad's never been to an event with me. And I was like, pops, I was like, you know, you know, uh, on a little bit of a of, of a bummer note, you know, my mom died at the beginning of last year on my dad's birthday, nonetheless. And, you know, I, I couldn't help but think man, you know, life's pretty short. And my dad really hasn't been out on the road with me to any of these events to see what I do out there to meet all my friends. And you know, he's been on the podcast, I had him on an episode of direct connections. So I was like, you know what, what better event to drag my dad out to than uh, muscle cars at the strip. So it's going to be with my dad, all my friends, it's going to be insane. And it's going to be a lot of fun. And um, man, now we got Matt on board. So we're going to be content creating machines <laughs> um just from hey matt remember uh my phone was actually overheating in vegas last year so it kept dying on me so we, we're gonna have gopros <laughs> we're gonna have so many oh, yeah. gopros Go um, Pro, gopros galore um i'm gonna be doing man I, I think really my goal my goal for going is because obviously out of the motley crew mopars i am the one to one of media guru <laughs> and uh whatnot so i'll be doing my damnedest because you're competing in project cars of the strip so my goal is to try to document as much of that for you so you can just focus on doing the event without having to worry about trying to get too much yeah um i really want to get a lot of stuff with blake for sublime while he's running his work in his booth um like, like I've said many times, I don't mind being in front of the camera, yeah. but I feel like I'm a better service to the Motley Crew Mopars as the guy behind the camera. No, and that's, I told my dad, I was like, I hope you're, my dad was the type of dad who always had the, like back in the 80s, he had the giant shoulder cam. <laughs> so he's like walking around with this giant shoulder cam. And then eventually it became the camcorder. And he hasn't, he hasn't been a cameraman for a long time. So I was like, pops, I'm going to show you how to run the GoPro. And you're going to be like my, my, my shadow. <laughs> but one thing that I'm, I don't want to say more excited, but one thing that's I'm really excited for from the content side that's separate from muscle cars at the strip. And I want to make that clear um, is a cruise that we're working on. So what we're planning and it's me and the whole gang, the whole gang of my friends, we want to get as many of the project cars and whoever else shows up, um, as possible we want to get everybody on friday night to leave las vegas motor speedway in our cars and cruise the strip so it's going to be um two legs i'm working on with the help of my buddy matt from rolling heavy magazine he has some connections in las vegas um that are close to counts customs which is uh, the tv show i'm sure you guys have seen it with danny coker and stuff um he knows somebody who owns a bar in Las Vegas. So what we're going to do is we're going to, the first leg is going to be down the strip heading South. We're going to break off, go to this bar, hang out for a little bit. No drinking and driving. Um, and uh, we're going to get everybody met up, you know, have a good time. And then we're going to turn around and head back down the other side of the strip North back to Las Vegas motor speedway. But the idea of a bunch of muscle cars, probably a couple vans, you know, some trucks invading the strip in Las Vegas sounds like so much fun to me. So 
I'm gonna put this out there. I volunteer as tribute to drive your Roadrunner if you get too drunk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, twist, I, twist my arm. I promise you right now, if I'm driving that Roadrunner and we stop at a bar, I will not be getting drunk. <laughs> oh man. Um, and you don't want me to be drunk. Backseat driving, like Matt, 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 floor it, Matt. Feel the power. Feel the power. Feel the power. Why are you getting so close? Forty feet away. <laughs> you have to remember, I'm a trainer at work, so yeah, I'm I'm used to backseat driving. Um, Joe's Mopar mess in the house. What's up, Joe? What's up, Dutch? Um, what is going on here? Oh God, we've got, got a troll. We've got, got a us, bot troll. Got us a bot. <laughs> we got uh, Joe says uh, I called Matt's today about registering. If you register for the autocross, you can park your camper and your vehicle transport for free. What a great deal! I agree. And uh, let's just block her. I got rid of not her. real. Oh, good. <laughs> um, Cole says uh, I wish I had the cash to bring the ratty seventy Cuda man. That would that would be awesome, dude. Uh, Dutch guys, I've been taking videos, but because there's such little progress until I get the parts, they're really not as action packed as I'd like. So they won't be out until, um, plus there's a little mystery in, you know, how much is it getting done? Is the car going to get done? And I haven't gotten a lot done yet because I'm waiting for a bunch of parts, but they're on the way. So as soon as that happens, we're going to crank out some stuff. Mopar Maddie in the house. What's popping, dude? We're just hanging out. But yeah, Muscle Cars of the Strip is going to be a fun event. After that, uh, I really wanted to um, attend as many events as possible this year. The problem was uh, with my job, it was hard to get that vacation time. But things may be changing with that. Um, I may be making a career change. And it'll allow me to have a little bit more free time to go to events around the country. So it just comes down to money. I really wanted to go to Carlisle this year. I'm not sure that's going to happen. But what I can tell you is March 17th through the 19th, we're going to be at Muscle Cars at the Strip. The next time you're going to see the Motley Crew of Mopars, at least three of us, um, is going to be, uh, if I remember the dates right, it's going to be Holly's Mo Party. And I can't, do you remember the dates for that, Matt? It's like the 17th or something like that. It's like the, fifth, hold, on, hold on, I got my phone right here. I have it saved in my phone because i already asked for it <laughs> off um uh, let's see here scroll 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 it will be the 15th through the 17th okay 15th through the 17th yeah we're going we're going to mo party it'll be me matt and blake um after that i believe is duct tape drags i'd like to make that event again um i like going to the West coast events too. And I don't get to too many of them. So that was a lot of fun last year. And there was a lot of people there that I knew. Um, and, and it's sometimes that event was fun for me because I went with the intention just to have a good time and not really focus on the content, which was cool. Um, but, uh, so that was, that was, uh, on the list too this year. And then it's not set in stone yet, but I'm going to try to, I've been invited to uh, the Muscle Car and Corvette Nationals. So if I can make that happen, I want to make that happen. Carlisle, I really want to make happen. Um, I'm just not sure if I can squeeze it in. Uh, it just depends on what happens in the next few months. First and foremost, I got a car to get done. And uh, I'm having some issues right now because the engine was set in the engine bay. And there were some things that I never checked. And 
technically it's just sitting there because only a couple bolts are holding the damn thing in. So I was like, I'm glad I checked that. So right now, actually before dinner tonight, I was out there just going through miscellaneous bolts and stuff in the engine, but just tightening everything and seeing what, <laughs> if anything's loose. Cause I'm, I'm paranoid now. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, the, thing, the thing wasn't even, some of the bolts were just sitting in there, basically just holding the engine in place. And I, I was going to check everything out anyway, but just seeing that I was like, okay, if I went to the trouble of dropping an engine in, I probably would have bolted it up just to make sure, you know, we don't have to worry about that. Yeah. So now, now that I see that it's really not bolted up, I'm going through some stuff and I found a couple loose things and um, I don't know what the hell's going on with the brakes and suspension, but I ordered a front end rebuild kit. I'm going to order brakes. Um, I got to get the fuel tank in. Uh, I got the exhaust and headers coming. I decided against side pipes for a couple different reasons, but it was going to have side pipes. It was going to be a badass street machine, but that's okay. Uh, exhaust will work for me. I'm not too worried about it, but, um, <sighs> Carlisle, uh, it's, uh, it's not going to be easy. This is going to be, the, this is the biggest project I'm taking on in the shortest amount of time. So if I can pull this off for me, it's going to be an accomplishment. I know for most of my friends, they'd be like, Oh, that's easy stuff. I'd have that done in one weekend. I'm like, yeah, cool. Good for you, dude. Fly out. Bro. <laughs> Bro, this is a safe place. We both know. <laughs> well, I, the thing is, Matt, is I'm notorious. I've set the, uh, I've set the tone, and people know that when I get these projects, I work on them for a little tiny bit, and then I go uh, down the road, <laughs> and the Roadrunner almost went down the road. I'm so glad that didn't happen. <laughs> I mean, I already told you what was going to happen when as I soon as you landed in Arkansas. I, I didn't. I didn't want to get beat up by Matt. <laughs> Matt really likes the Roadrunner, and he doesn't want me to sell it. I mean, it, I'm not saying the entire state would have been filled with uppercut, but. <laughs> so I really, I, I just need to prove it to myself and the people that, you know, watch what I do. Um, there's only so many times you can get away with buying a car, getting all pumped up about it and then selling it off. <laughs> you know what I mean? So this one, I told myself once I pulled it down and said, all right, we're not selling or trading this thing right now until it's absolutely done and then i'll see if i fall in love with it i'm not exactly in love with the car yet. i love i love the car not in love with the car you know i've loved all my mopars but you know the mr norm truck was the hardest one to let go and i let it go for this roadrunner so i'm like all right roadrunner i gotta fall in love with you soon because <laughs> you've been a razzle dazzle me right now <laughs> man but um patrick hall he's got an awesome dodge truck i hope you're really not selling that thing dude i wish i had the money to buy it that thing's sick it's first gen slammed um he says he hasn't missed a single duct tape drags loves that event it's a cool event and um secret time uh some friends of mine and i are trying to figure out how to organize our own duct tape style event um more news on that later on down the road um it's very possible there's just a lot of moving parts when you organize an event it won't be anything crazy like muscle cars at the strip or holly's mo party but it'll definitely be fun it's just a matter of getting it organizing an event is not as easy as some people make it seem um that's no. for damn sure in high school in high school my senior project was to organize a car show and it was one of the hardest things i've ever done um cole says this is the first live i've tuned into i didn't know how you all stay up man it's rough dude I ain't gonna lie. I get up early in the morning too. It's but, called uh, dedication and the grind. <laughs> the grind, yes, dedicate. Yes, uh, we embrace the grind and we're dedicated to it. Um, there's many weeknights where I'm st uh, where I'm up late and I'm just like, maybe I should go live, and I'm like, no one's gonna watch it. <laughs> you know I, mean? I mean, like Saturday, good God, we sat down at <sighs> nine o'clock my time. 
Yeah. Did our other show. Mm-hmm. And then we did one of these. And we didn't get done. We sat down at 9 my time, and we finished at 3 a.m. my time. Well, we were talking business with Blake for like two and a half hours, three hours, and I then mean, we went live. <laughs> I mean, I understand, but I'm just saying, like, we were we were locked in getting stuff done for a while. 100%. And Dutch says you got to drive a car before you love it. I agree, to a, I, I agree to a certain extent because the first time I saw the Mr. Norm truck, I was in love with it, and I wanted it, but I never thought I'd have it. Then I got it. And the love never wore off. I remember I have a video. I don't know if I ever shared this one. Um, it was a really short clip. I was on my way to the guy's house, to Pete's house. And I was on the freeway. And the truck was just singing, <laughs> window down. And I was just listening to it. And I was like, God, that thing sounds good. And I turned on the phone and I was like, man, I'm going to miss this. Because I, 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 something inside my mind said, if the Roadrunner was everything he said it was, I was going to make the trade. So I stomped on it and I just listened to it and I was like, that might be the last time I ever do that. And it was, and I have it on video. So, um, I need to look at it again because I haven't watched it since I got rid of the car. Uh, but, um, I, I agree with you too. So I don't think I'll love this Roadrunner until I get behind the wheel, fire it up, go out for a cruise and just let it sing to me, <laughs> you know? So we'll see. Um, I've never, it was harder picking an exhaust system for that thing than I've ever done before. So that'll be a, that'll be a fun video to, um, cause there's, I really, you know, speaking of content on that car, I really, really wanted to save all the content and create one video start to finish beginning to end. That way there's no waiting for the outcome. There's watch the video and you'll see everything that happened and you'll hear it fire up for the first time. And then we can talk about everything that I did to it. So. I think I think that would be the best way to do the video, um, mm. just because really you everybody knows what the car looks like. Yeah, folks, folks know you're working on it. I don't just from a director standpoint, man. Let's suspense build and release the video during yeah. Matt's. I mean, that's just my opinion. No, and uh, that would be fun. Um, I just. Uh, I like knowing that there's a lot of people I know that a lot of people I know are like, he's not going to get that car done. And if I fail, I'll still put out the video and I'll be like, well, big fail. The car's going to Matt's, whether it's done or not. If I disqualify myself out and just push the car and it's going there, I promise people would be there. It's going to be there. So, um, smoke wrench garage. It was a pretty sweet truck, man. <laughs> I do miss it. Um, and if you guys want a truck, I think Patrick's selling his, um, yeah, his truck is just, it's clean. My God, is that truck clean? You know, I love a patina truck. I wouldn't, I wouldn't classify that thing as patina. It is OG clean. And, you, uh, you know, sometimes the OG clean where you're like, wow, is that factory paint? Like, Patrick, has that thing ever been painted? It looks, every time I see it, I'm like, this is a nice truck. Nice truck. Um, worth every, I forget what you're asking, but I remember seeing it and I go, that's worth every penny. <laughs> but I'm super biased with nice Dodge trucks, you know. Well, I mean, you got you got to be. Uh, Lord knows, Lord knows, I can be. Um, Hell yeah, Patrick! Another friend that's gonna be at Matt's. Look at that. Shoot, yes. Oh yeah. So uh, we'll have, we'll get video on that thing because that truck is badass, man. Um, yeah. Definitely. Um, one of the nicer first gens there's some you know there's just something to be said about a clean first gen for me um any clean dodge truck really and patina 
uh, beaters. I love them all. But when I see a really clean one that where you look at it and you go, that's had a good life. <laughs> you know what I mean? It wasn't pulled out of a field or something. You're like, damn, somebody took care of that thing. <laughs> Man, did I ever show you my 86? No. Yeah, I had, 80, I had an 86 W250 for a while. You've told me about it. I've oh, never man. seen it. I love it. <sighs> Let me see if I can find a photo. I'll send it to you uh-huh. while we're talking. Um, but and for, Hold on a second, Matt. For those of you guys that are going to Muscle Cars of the Strip, it's important that we keep sharing um, details for the event with all our people um, just because we want this to be a hell of a party. And uh, – it's such a big, I mean, and to be transparent, you know, I'm working really close with the creator, Phil. And um, that event, if, if you guys knew that what goes into holding an event at Las Vegas Motor Speedway, <laughs> it's insane. I don't know how he does it, but uh, it's a situation where the crowd has to come. If the crowd isn't there, you know, <laughs> there's so much more money than I make in a year and I make pretty good money um, is what it takes to get that event going. And that's just getting it going. Um, There's so much involved. So the more people we get there, the better. And the more people, the funner it's going to be. I've been talking to Phil and I I told him about my experience at duct tape and how every night after, you know, activities and festivities, there's a party. uh, There's a huge bonfire party. And everybody hangs out and talks cars and just has a great time. I was like, we need that at Matt's. And that's one of the reasons why um, I decided to get an RV. So we're hoping we can get a group of RVs together and just, you know, have a good time. You know, aside from the cruise down the strip, um, that's the only time I really plan on leaving the track that weekend just for that cruise. So it's going to be a it's going to be a hell of a time. So but, speaking of trucks. And badass things with trucks. What you got? One of the opportunities to see the Motley Crue Mopars doing our thing is I'm going to run Chief down to Blake. And we're going to... Chris is planning on coming. I want to surprise him and just knock on the door one night. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just surprise us. But I'm going to run Chief, my uh, 69 swept line down, and we're going to live stream... Hemi swapping that truck in a weekend. <sighs> it's going to be amazing, and I'm going to do everything I can to be down there and be part of it. But the idea to live stream the entire time is awesome. <laughs> Dude, I'm pumped about it. Cause, I mean, really, my, what my goal is, is I want to showcase how easy it is to do these swaps. Because everybody's like, oh, everybody always sings the prices of these LS swaps, but Nobody's talking about how easy these hemi swaps. These hemi swaps are just as easy now, thanks mm-hmm. to guys like Blake making these products, like these standalone harnesses, yeah, and everything else. So, I mean, the goal the goal is we're going to showcase that if you and your buddy have have a decent prep game, you can get this done in a weekend and have a running have a running rig. No, hundred percent. And I see a lot of. I shouldn't say a lot. I know that guys have gone live to do swaps and stuff and work on their cars. I don't think I've ever seen anybody go live on a Hemi swap. That'll be fun. It, you know, I'm not hoping anything bad happens, but if you guys do run into an issue, it's going to be fun seeing it resolved. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Cause, I mean, Things I, like that. I don't plan on turning it off unless we're taking a nap. Yeah. It's, uh, it's going to be as real as it gets. You know, no editing, no BS. It's live. <laughs> 
Yeah, we're just so, going. I mean, be careful with the gasoline. I'll say that. Uh, definitely have your safety equipment. <laughs> like a fireball. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, Blake told a story on the show about he, how he set himself on fire um, accidentally. Blake is like a super safe guy. And this is just a freak accident. He burned half his body <laughs> with gasoline and had to do a stop, drop, and roll in the, in the grass and beat his face in the ground to put the fire out. Blake was supposed to be here. He's in South Carolina for work. And uh, I think he passed out. I think he I think he fell asleep. So Blake. He's, he's a little ahead of us. Yeah. Um, hey, dude, I think it's awesome that you listen to the podcast while working on a 70 Challenger. I love hearing that kind of stuff. That's that awesome. is actually pretty dope. Send me a PM with pictures of it. Tell me the story, dude. We'll share it on the podcast. That'd be fun. It would be, Polly. It would be an awesome live. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited about it. Yeah, and that's that's why I'm like, I, I'm I have to show up to that. You know, even if it's late, and I'm like, it's the middle of the night. They're passed out, and it's like, hey, I'm here for the hemi swap. <laughs> like, I mean, I told Blake I'm bringing down an air mattress just that way. It's setting up in the office in his garage. Just so we can take naps as we go. Could you imagine? Uh, this is this would be a complete dickhead move, but could you imagine? You're like whoop whoop, and you open the crotch door, and there's a fire truck, and I'm on it. I'm like, just in case, just wanted to be safe. Just want to make sure Blake's safe. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding, Blake. Um, but uh, yeah, man. All you know, let's let's plug Blake a little bit here. Uh, Blake, formerly DIY Hemi. Um been my friend for a few years now uh i remember the first time i heard him talk on a podcast it was with uh, rob kibbe on the muscle car place and listening to the guy talk i was like this guy blake sounds pretty cool and i was like if i ever start a podcast because i was like right at the time where i was thinking about it i was like i would love to get him on the show and talk about the modern hemi swaps and stuff because i was just learning about him and i found out um about him through that show and then i looked at his website and i was like wow this guy's really getting into this DIY Hemi stuff and, you know, without getting into too much detail, he had to rebrand. So now DIY Hemi is sublime technologies on social media. So if you could do me a favor, if you don't follow my friend, Blake, um, go check out his content. Um, DIYHemi.com is still live. And uh, Blake is uh, really good with tech when it comes to modern Hemi swaps and stuff. And I know that it's kind of a subject of contention, modern Hemis and classic Mopars. I'm not against it at all. I think it's great. I think there's room for modern Hemis and big blocks and all that fun stuff. Um, I'm an equal opportunity Mopar uh, enthusiast, like I've said before. So, I mean, um, you just got to love everything for what it is and just appreciate it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've talked about it before. I really want to – I just talked to you guys about it today, and uh, I've mentioned it on this podcast. I would love – and I think it would, it could potentially be a disaster going down the track, but I would love to have a 68 Dart Superstock tribute that is a 100% nod to the original with the exception of one thing, a modern Hemi inside it instead of uh, Gen 3 and just – or instead of uh, the 426 Gen 2 and just see – what it would do in comparison exact same setup i'm curious all right let's see if this shows up this is this is when i had both rams for a moment oh yeah yeah good old little 86 hell yeah had a 360 in it i loved that thing man i, I regret getting rid of it as much as i want another tin grill you know what <laughs> i keep seeing them pop up and i really want one i, I had a second gen um 2500 with the cummins yeah but i really want an sst or one of the indie indie pace trucks a second gen 
okay. two-wheel drive. I think they're really cool. One showed up in Canada, and when I had five grand on me before I bought all the parts for the Roadrunner, I was like, oh, man, how often are you going to come across one of those? And I was like, no, buy parts. I immediately ordered like four grand worth of parts. I was like, we can't be doing this. As soon as I had that cash, I was already looking at other shit to buy. I was like, what are we doing? What are we doing? So now all the money's gone. <laughs> You'll be, you guys will be happy to know that all the money for the van that I sold is now gone and it is in the Roadrunner, but I keep getting email messages about things that are back ordered and it's scaring me, but um, we're still pushing, we're still pushing forward. Um, but uh, yeah, so quick update on the Roadrunner, I guess, you know, the parts are on the way and uh, I'm doing the little things here and there that I can. I got to pull the dash out because I ordered a whole new under dash harness. I want the car to be rewired from the front to the back. There you go. Um, but uh yeah my dude how sweet wow. were those little uh oh that is pretty cool dutch guy says my local junkyard has two sst's they use to store drive shafts can you get anything off of them what shape are they in i imagine they're piles of crap <laughs> what about those little uh, did you see the uh, those little body hangers the little welding? yes dude, yeah. how dope is that i've never seen no. those you've never seen them no, no th they're great because uh when you sit there and spot weld it keeps everything even and in line and you pull them off after your spot welds and then you can go back and do you realize the biggest thing that held up my duster was i didn't know how i was gonna knock out nope. the rear quarters oh no shit yes oh. <laughs> and i did not know about those <laughs> you know you know how i discovered them um when i had my dart I was looking at stuff to take care of. Um, it had the side molding on it. So it had holes right on the body line all the mm -hmm. way down. Yeah. So I went on Eastwood and uh, I was just looking at whatever I could find to put on the back side to fill in. And then I would have to obviously body work because it's right on the uh, body line. Yeah. I, I was looking at stuff and I saw those and I was like, what the hell are those? And I was like, that's genius because <laughs> I'm not a body or paint guy. So I'm like, dude, oh, OK, now I get how they how they hang quarters and stuff. That's do, pretty cool. Do you know how much how much more motivated I am on my duster after seeing that this morning? <laughs> <laughs> I, that, that's what brought it to a halt. Cause I was yeah. like, well, shit, how am I going to do the quarters? Because I cut them off without thinking about that. <laughs> well um now you know now i it's know a great way um as long as all your cuts are right and your panel is lined up good you got that little hairline yeah use those to line it up and you know go get your uh go get your t spot welds in there um joe's mopar mess says chris who did you buy your front suspension kit from um classic industries was having a huge sale 20 percent off everything and i probably saved over 200 dollars on the parts order that I put in maybe even more. It was, it was so much cause I have friends in the parts business and I had a friend and I sent him a list of a bunch of stuff that I needed. And, um, unfortunately he just couldn't match the sale that I had. And it was almost an impulse buy cause I wanted to see how much it was all going to cost. And I, I looked through it and I was like, let's see how much the 20% off was. And it was basically like getting uh, a free front end kit because the one I bought, it's just a factory front end kit because I, I have, if I keep the Roadrunner, I have some special plans for it and the whole suspension is going to have to be redone for it. So, um, cause it involves a gen three Hemi <laughs> and I would want to modernize the suspension. So I want to have a street machine for a little bit, but, um, I just got a, a factory, um, uh, style front end, nothing, nothing special. 
because at the time I was on a huge, I, I was on a huge budget, dumped all the money, all five grand. And I was like, okay, I still need a bunch of stuff. And then Facebook finally, for those of you that know, I've been going through some issues with Facebook paying me money. And we finally, after six months, got the problem on my payout account fixed. So hopefully I'll get the rest of that money. If I get the rest of the money, the Roadrunner shouldn't be an issue because if it comes down to it, I'll start flying my friends out and we'll do a garage squad episode. <laughs> it just, just all bang it out. I have local friends that are willing to help me, but you know, why not bring in the Calvary? <laughs> you know, <coughs> bummer. That's sad. Yeah, those SST, those second gens are, man, they can be rusted pieces of crap. Um, I really like them. They're my second fit. Let me make sure I'm not speaking out of line. I would say that the second gen two wheel drive short beds are my favorite truck aside from my tin girls. Yes. Clecos. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they're called. Uh, yeah. 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 I, I'd never heard of them. I, was, no. I saw that video this morning. I was like, son of a bitch. Wait a second. Hold on. No, wait, I might I think, be. Oh, wait, no, it's butt weld clamps. They're butt weld clamps. My bad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Clecos are good too. Um, I got my terminology fucked up there for a second. Um, both of those are great tools that I've seen, um, used <laughs> to do some, cause like so, when you don't come from that world and you're like, how do these guys do that shit? Yeah. And then you see tools like that being used, um, really, really good stuff. So I mean, let's be real dusters have an like offensive <laughs> amount of body lines. Yeah. Uh, Dutch guys. I don't know about 18s. <laughs> uh, I that's one thing I haven't thought about is when the Roadrunner um, gets modernized. What I would do to it because I really don't want to put a modern wheel on it. I want something classic. I like the I like the big rallies. Yeah. Um, I don't think I think it either goes 17s or 20s, and I really don't want 20s on that thing. 17s are about right, but um, I don't know. I haven't I haven't decided that far it would be cool i just don't want to you know i i know that some people love them but i don't like when too modern of a wheel is put on it's just not my style i don't like too modern of a wheel um i do like the uh, i've seen big slots um i think american racing makes them but i don't think that would look good um i think the slots that are on it right now look good but uh, i haven't really decided i'm hoping somebody comes out with something really cool 17s are about right for me. Um, I'd take 20s on a new Challenger. Like, I, if I had a new Challenger, I'd probably put it on those 20-inch rallies. <laughs> That'd be cool. So I'm running, uh, when I get the duster done, I'm running 18 by 8s in the back okay. on the Foose Legends. Okay. And then 17 by 7s in the front. Um, okay. Give it a little bit of a, just a... That that'll give it a rake. I like that mm -hmm. idea. I didn't think about running 17s in the front and 18s in the back. Yeah, oh, interesting. I just if I put something modern in it, I, I'll probably put the engine in it and then ride it around for a little bit. But you know, <laughs> after seeing guys like Dutch guys going out there and hammering on his cars around corners <laughs> and stuff, I'm like, you know, it's fun going going fast in a straight line, but. The road to my house is like all farm country road, believe it or not. I do live by farms and uh, it's really windy and I have a lot of fun in any vehicle that I drive down that road. And I think I'm going to have fun in the Roadrunner, but it kind of, there's a couple turns that kind of scare me to go too fast in a car like the Roadrunner. But if it was built right, I would have no problems just railing it, but we'll see. Um, 
Dutch guys, did you really go with a Chevy wheel? Be honest. <laughs> he's got a super coupe that he's been hammering the hell out of, just killing cones. And uh, that looks like a lot of fun to me. It looks like fun because that's how, you know, drag racing is cool. Like I said, I love drag racing first and foremost. Um, but uh, there's something to be said about those guys that can go out there and drive. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, tons of fun. Man, I wish you could get out to Vegas with that car, dude. The autocross is going to be cool. The jalopy cross. <laughs> Whew, sorry, everybody. It's all good, man. It's late. But uh, yeah, some fun events coming up. I'm just super excited to have all my friends in one spot. Um, it's going to be uh, it's going to be good. Let's see this challenger. Oh, exciting. Yeah. Let me pull this up really quick. Um, doo, doo, doo. Oh, Blake just woke up. <laughs> Did he really? That yes. mother. <laughs> well, he's got the invite. Tell Blake to get in here. <laughs> My ass don't fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Polly's talking shit. When we were pulling, <laughs> when we were pulling the dumpster fire, uh, I was driving. He let me drive his Durango. He's got the tow and go package. Awesome yeah. package for a Durango, by the way. And we're pulling, we're pulling my Roadrunner, and I got a little too close to the edge. Fucking ass into the trailer, dropped in. Boom! I was like, "Oh shit!" Oh, uh, yeah, that was nuts. <laughs> a muscle car that corners is so much more fun than drag, in my opinion. I'll have it at Mo Party doing autocross. I'm challenger hunting. That yeah, that's gonna be fun, dude. Um autocross yeah see i keep watching it going oh yeah that looks like fun and then i go well, yeah it does go have some fun yeah oh snap dutch guys is gonna be at mo party yeah bro we're gonna have a hell of a time at mo party mo party's always fun even when it was just you and me it was fun i mean dude, how, uh, we hung out with brianna and keaton dude um, we had a hell of else. a time at mo party this year like like we couldn't have got a better airbnb no absolutely not um I'm excited for oh I gotta get onto the talking Mopars. Um yeah, this year Mo Party, uh the thing I like about Mo Party is that it keeps growing. Yeah. And that's that's key to these events living, and that's why I want to see muscle cars of the strip succeed. I would love to have a project cars of the strip too, except for um let me just say this right now. I'm not accepting any more challenges. <laughs> it puts too much pressure. I'm thinking to myself, if it wasn't for this challenge. I wouldn't have sold my van and I wouldn't have been under so much pressure. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm trying not to cut corners on this Roadrunner, but there's certain things that I've had to, you know, not cut corners, but I've had to go cheap on a couple things that I know I'm going to replace down the line if it ever gets hemi swapped, which I think it will. Um, Dutch guy says, uh, no, they're not Chevy wheels, Mopar bolt pattern and takes a Mopar center cap. I'm driving the super group to Mopar and the wife is trailing Awesome, dude. The wheel oh, standing. What do you That's great. <laughs> he's got <laughs> he's got this wagon that's got a 451 stroker in it. It's absolutely ridiculous. This is his wife's car, which is awesome. <clears throat> um yeah, I'm just <sighs> for those of you that don't get a chance to travel to events around the country i highly suggest that one year out of your life you make it a point to just go boom 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 and go to multiple events um it's so much fun 
I mean. Okay, I don't know how good we're going to be able to see these, but I want to I want to share. Hold on a second. I mean, we'll be at Mo Party. We probably won't be at No Name Nationals. Who said No Name Nationals? Uh, Smoke Ranch said he's torn between Mo Party or trying to qualify for No Name Nationals. <sighs> no name. I do have some friends that are going to No Name Nationals. Um, I think the event, at its core is cool and i think um the one mistake that i would say is that uh giving people a threshold of 500 subscribers when there's guys that would i mean you're really going to turn a guy away at 450 if he's got a badass car i think that's ridiculous but you know it wasn't my event so it wasn't my place to say and who am i to talk because i failed i didn't even make it (laughs) you know what i mean so it is what it is but uh i'm sorry to all my friends going to no name nationals, but if it's the same time as a Mo party or even close to it, I can't go. Um, even anytime it's one week in between events, it's really, really freaking hard for me to make happen. Like duct tape drags and Mo party, that was super hard to make happen. But um, okay. yeah, because you'd only been home for a few days, dude. It's rough. It's rough on the family, rough on my schedule. Now it's going to be a little bit different. I should be able to pull it off, but uh, okay here we go so let me see this is kyle this is kyle's challenger that he works on while listening to the podcast i think that's awesome hell yeah oh are those the leather seats i dig it oh yeah eight and three quarter Ooh, mickey thompson et streets on it i like it hell yeah dude i dig it says uh it was his dad's car he's been trying to put it together for a few months that's cool man hell yeah that's really cool i dig it um blake says he's gonna splash some water on his face and jump in i wonder if he fell asleep again he fell asleep in <laughs> fell asleep in the uh in the bathroom <laughs> hold on a second i just want to look at something so i'm usually the fuddy-duddy in our group and only go to one event it's bow party so the fact i'm branching out boys here he is he's he's awake folks (laughs) blake in the house what's up dude what's up guys what's happening man we get you we get you up all late in south carolina or what no, it's all good, man. I fell asleep, totally crashed. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, we're about to go live," and then I saw Blake turned off notifications. I was like, "Oh no, he didn't." <laughs> no, I, I think uh, I uh, had it all propped up over there. Set a little alarm because I have to be up uh, to be up at three to get to the airport for my flight. So, oh, you're heading home? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Right on. Surprised it has with a new phone. Who dis? New phone. Who dis? Yeah. No. <laughs> no, man, that was my bad. I totally fell asleep. Real quick, real quick, uh, Kyle, dude. Um, it just occurred to me that's an RTSE. Um, that's badass. That Challenger. This is a JS twenty nine. Very cool car. I dig it. Leather seats look nice and cushy. But thanks for listening to the show while you work on it, dude. That's cool. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. 
Blake, how excited are you that the Motley Crue and Mopars are going to be together in Las Vegas of all places? My God. <laughs> pumped. I'm very pumped. I think it's going to be, uh, it'll be good times. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be a content fest. I just, man, I was telling Matt and the rest of the people in the chat, I was like, I cannot wait to cruise down the strip in a bunch of muscle cars. <laughs> Jeez. But this is actually my first time to Vegas. So it's my I've first time too. Oh shit, we're we're gonna have to go. We're gonna definitely have to hit some party in a little bit, just a little bit. It's gonna be a party at the track, but I think I did. Uh, yeah, I did realize that it was your, your guys' first time. Oh man, first yeah. time in Vegas is always a good time. I've just never been. Uh, I think I was supposed to go. What two years ago? We were all supposed to go to SEMA together, I believe. Yeah, we were talking about SEMA, and then we were all just kind of like, nah. I think only one of us made it. Listen, don't, don't be that guy. Hey, hey, be glad you didn't go because, I mean, no offense to the people that love SEMA and the SEMA people. I like you guys. <laughs> but mm -hmm. uh, it was a lot of Jeeps, a lot of Jeeps, a lot of Broncos. Um, if, well, I'm hearing more and more vendors keep pulling out. Yeah. Uh, it's sad when people talk to me and they go, what, what were some of the highlights of that event? And I was like, honestly, the Electrolyte, the satellite that had – the tesla swap i was like that car's mm -hmm. a really nice car and the guy did it really well and i respect it i respect the build i, I wouldn't have done it <laughs> like he's got some balls doing that and i can appreciate that and the thing i guess hauls ass i want to get him on the show <laughs> mm -hmm. i want to i want to talk to him stir the pot a little bit and mike coffee how dare you sir but uh that might be another podcast i start down the line you never know <laughs> paulie you should go to vegas too you should come to vegas Scott from Heaven's Mopars. He needs to go to Vegas. It's it's going to be... There's going to be so many people. Like, I don't think there's an event that I've been to where I've had so many people that I know and that I'm cool with that are going to be at this event. It's going to be uh, ridiculous. So let's talk about the event a little bit. Um, yeah. I mean, for years, I've been hearing about what was Mopars at the Strip and now Muscle Cars at the Strip. I mean, it's a pretty storied event, man. It's been going on for a long time, as far as I can remember. Yeah, it was uh, for years I had seen Mopars at the Strip in the magazines and stuff. And it always, I've always been attracted to Vegas for whatever reason. And that event always looked like, like in a. <laughs> Can't put my finger on it, but just. Uh, I, I don't know. Go. I don't know what it is about that, the stench of piss and vomit in the streets i don't know what it is about vegas but i love it um the homeless guy you talk to some of these homeless guys and it's sad because they're like yeah i came here 10 years ago lost everything and i guess i just stayed <laughs> it's like damn dude do you know they there's like a whole society of people living in the storm drains oh yeah oh yeah wait yeah. what yes yeah they have storm drains that are very large because when they have huge rainouts there um shit washes out these people there's a whole city of people that live in these storm drains and stuff and they don't you know they pretty much come out to panhandle and stuff and then go back into their little their little uh their little city yeah it's like a whole ecosystem down there yeah i mean like there's there was dudes there was a uh, one couple that they were talking to in the document mole people yeah the mole people <laughs> bro like they had they had like a queen size bed a full living room set up yeah a full bedroom suite set up down there like it was it was crazy yeah so like i said i wasn't joking some people lost everything 
and ended up staying in Vegas homeless. <laughs> How crazy is that? Um, I wonder if anybody's like left their family, gone to Vegas for a weekend, just never came back. Like I lost it oh, all. My sure. wife's going to kill me. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. That's horrible. God. Um, it's definitely a town that you can make some mistakes in. That's for sure. If you're not careful, like gambling and um, just doing right. wild, wild shit. The last time I went, I think it was the last time. Was it? No, it was the, the first time I went to Vegas for muscle cars at the strip. I was in my little Jeep rental. I think it was the Jeep rental car, but I got it on the live. I'm driving. All of a sudden, I hear a commotion. I look over, and two guys are beating each other's asses in the middle of the street. There's a whole gang around them. The strip is wild at night. That's what's going to be crazy about driving a bunch of muscle cars down the strip because I think people are going to go nuts with the, you know, their cameras and stuff because how often do you see that? And Vegas is, you know, it's not like it's never been done. People cruise the strip all the time because there's a, um, a pretty – pretty sizable local vegas car scene um so like i said uh the more the merrier on that i would love to see a bunch of people cruising but the thing with the thing with muscle cars at the strip is it had been mopars at the strip for so long that these giant vendors were starting to pull out because they started to lean um more towards why would we go to this one event that caters just to mopars when we go to other events when we go to other events and cater to everybody so it was at that point where they had to kind of rebrand a little bit and open open it up and from what i understand the mopar crowd was pretty pretty open-minded to it they're like yeah bring bring everybody let's have a good time you know um and then (laughs) covid hits and you know it had been from what i understand when the name change was hard for a lot of people because if it's not mopars at the strip you don't associate, you know, so there, there was a little bit of a brand shift there that, um, you know, and who knows people are finicky, <laughs> you know, but that's why, you know, we're trying to, trying to make this one really fun. And I mean, I th- if the cars show up, the people from what I'm, from what I'm hearing and from what I'm seeing, just from people reaching out to me, telling me they're going, um, it's going to be at least on my end, there's going to be a lot of people I know I'm going to have a great time, you know what I mean? Okay. But um, that's why I keep telling people, you know, share, share content that, uh, muscle cars of the strip posts about the event that I post about the event. Um, I, uh, I think it's really important just to get as many people there as possible, preferably as many cars, but, um, it's, it's just the more the merrier, you know, the more cars there are, the funner it is, you know, and it's Vegas too. Who, who with a badass car that is within driving distance or can afford to tow their vehicle or whatever, who wouldn't want to go cruise Las Vegas? <laughs> you know what I mean? At least right. once in their life. <laughs> so I, I have a, a client out in, uh, I guess, in Los Angeles area. And, um, I mean, we've been on the phone a lot, just trying to help them going. You know, they had a couple of things. They have a an early, like, a, A-body Barracuda with a 6.4 swap. And um, we kind of eat, you develop relationships with your, your followers and your customers over time. Yeah. And um, so finally, man, like two days ago, three days ago, um, after a lot of back and forth and helping and, and everything, his car is like rock solid. It's, it's going strong. So he's planning on taking the car and um, he's like, man, I, I got to meet in person like you know i just want to shake your hand i said 
hey, that's great, man. Like, let's let's hang out, you know? Um, so we have so many followers and, and clients in, I would say, like the Northeast and, you know, around, like, say, the Pennsylvania area, that stuff. And then we have this, this line of a good following in California that we never really get to make it out that way and meet with those people. Yeah. And I'm just excited about that because we're going to be on that side of North America and able to just hang out with the, the cool people on that end of the world, you know? No, absolutely. That's, that's one thing that's been, that's shown me to be so powerful about what I do, you know, cause I don't sell parts or anything. I just talk. And the amount of people that come up to me, and tell me they listen to the show at like, it really opened my eyes. Like, yeah, people listen to the show. You idiot. What do you think? Like in my head, I'm like, cause you know, I'm sitting here sometimes if I'm not live, I'm just talking into a microphone and it goes out to the world and I don't know who listens to it. Then I get guys like Kyle who tell me, yeah, I listen to the show when I'm working on my 70 challenger. And for me, that's bad. I don't have a 70 challenger. I think that's badass that people work on their Mopars and listen to the podcast. I think it's badass that you could pop a hood at any given Mopar show and see a DIY Hemi part or a sublime technologies part. Um, you know, that kind of shit just, it just makes me feel like, uh, it motivates me to keep doing it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. There's, like I said, there's just, there's so much on that side of the U S that, I mean, I know, I know California has its fair shares of pretty good shows, but uh, yeah. it's just an exciting opportunity to get on that end and get really in, embedded with the culture there and just hang out with some cool people, you know? No, absolutely. Anytime you can get out to other parts of the country, I've found it to be super beneficial. Um and it seems like people get more on board when you actually meet them, shake their hand, and they go, oh, you're pretty cool in person, too. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, that's my problem. I kind of have, like, diarrhea of the mouth, man. If I'm in person, I'm just like, hey, man, these people are cool. Let's hang out and just talk shop, you know? Dude, it, there's something about when people are passionate about something and you get a bunch of those passionate people in one place, it gets rowdy, man. It gets it's to be so yeah. much fun. And it... it <laughs> It, there's one part of it that bums me out and that's that I don't get to hang out with everybody for as long as I would like, because it's like, you got to keep it moving at these events. If you're there for content, you got to keep it moving. Um, Matt and I experienced that a lot. I mean, how many times did we get stopped and we talked and it was like, one of us would like break off and like go film some content. Yeah. Break. <laughs> well, you kind of have you got you got to double team it, right? You you, you have to because I mean you have especially I mean it, it works well if you got a two man team. It works great if you got a three to four man team. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, yeah, we would be we'd be cruising and somebody stopped Chris. Uh, I didn't I didn't really get stopped at Mo Party. Like I don't have that big of a following, but I experienced it when I went and covered uh, Sparks in the Ozarks. Um, I had a lot of fans there. Apparently, my show is big with many truckers. Hell yeah! So I had a lot of fans at this show because it's it's exclusively mini trucks, mm-hmm. and so they're like, I was like, oh yeah, I'm I'm mad big blocks garage. They're like, shut the fuck up. And I'm like, what? <laughs> they go, you're big block. And I'm like, yeah. They go, dude, we love your show. Hell yeah! And I was like, oh my god. <laughs> Man, my buddy was a mini trucker. Those shows are on a different level. They're like what their shows are. They they rem, they remind me of like the old school vanners. 
Like that's how they party. get down. They party. I'm gonna tell you right now. I've not been to any party like a mini trucker party. Those guys throw the hell down. Um, I would love to attend that show sometime. I would Sparks? love to go. Yeah, yeah we had Georgia, uh, they they had Georgia Georgia there this year. Got if to meet you, her. She was dope. If you ever oh, want yeah. to feel so vanilla, <laughs> so like. Oh my god! Like I'm not even on a level, right? Go to a mini truck show. Like, <laughs> I feel like when I go, uh, my cool points just like go so far down because these people are just like having a good time. Right? I feel like I'm the dude with the fanny pack and the New Balance <laughs> shoes, right? And I'm just Bro. along for the ride. Like this is insane. They're cr- Bro, they're I'm crazy. Gonna, I'm gonna tell you right now, I felt that way. So I'm sitting there rocking my Carhartt long sleeve shirt and whatnot and then they go and then they're like you're a big block and i was like yeah and they're like here's a beer oh you know they're cool it's like i said you you feel like you're not cool enough right you 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 don't but i mean i didn't even realize i had that much of a following and like my buddies that got there before me they're like man you got some fans like you need to get up here and i'm like i'm on my way i had to work so i get i get up there and they're just like and I just kept running into people. I, I, I'd be going, we'd be talking, and I'd be taking some photos and stuff. And uh, I get, this show, I was so proud. I got the – I mean, the, I feel like it's the coolest picture I've ever taken and edited up of that uh, off-road beetle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that's my favorite. That is my favorite picture I've ever taken um, as far as cars go. Uh, I love it. <laughs> I knew uh, I knew mini truckers were on a different level. Sorry to interrupt you, Matt. But twenty years ago, before like people with gauged ears was like, you know, so prevalent, I was at a mini truck show at a high school, and this dude had, I think they were, if I remember right, they were like inch or three quarter inch sockets in his ears, and I was like, are those fucking sockets? <laughs> what the Crazy! It was nuts. <laughs> Whoa. So uh, I'll get you. I'll get you out here, man. It's in October every year. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I like I, I like slam trucks. I think they're cool, and I, I like I mean, air ride suspension and stuff. They like unique stuff. Like the more the unique, the better. Um, and I've seen some cool stuff done with like D fifties, like from the eighties. You know, mm-hmm. sweet stuff in it. And a, a platform that's otherwise kind of unnoticed. You know. Yeah. They, they do some really crazy stuff with the unique builds. Man, I'm I'm telling y'all, it's uh, it's it's a different thing, because like it's a uh, it's like the big event for this town in Missouri. It's this little town in Missouri. Like they'll shut down, like the police and everything get involved. They'll shut down Main Street on oh, cool. like the second day, and they'll do it. They'll let them do a drag. Oh, that's like, cool. like oh, they, they have a line where they run around and they only have them do one truck at a time. But yeah, they'll let them run a drag for as long as people want to drag. Guys want to drag. Like, I mean, the, the both sidewalks are packed and guys, they're just dragging. I don't really talk about my time in mini trucking <laughs> because <laughs> my buddy was so deep that, I mean, we'd cruise around in his truck. And at the time it was <laughs> because where we live, it, it, it was like a, a really tight knit community of mini truckers. So you didn't see them very often until they all got together. So when you're driving around a little mini truck and my buddy had half inch fast valves in his little Mazda B two B 2200. 
and uh, we'd be sitting at a light <laughs> and uh, he always drove with the front end all the way up and then we'd be at a light and somebody would look over like somebody who didn't really understand the mini truck and shit and they look over and be like what the hell and he'd go and the thing would just drop hard and he, people would th- it, from the outside looking in they probably thought oh he just broke his shit <laughs> like, it's so bad it sounded so violent just boom and uh, one time I don't remember what happened. He had a buddy build part of his truck because he bought. He ended up body dropping it, and it would. Uh, <laughs> he would open the door. They had to when they body dropped it. He had to cut part of the door, the bottom of the door. And when you opened it, it's like <sighs> against the ground, dude. It was so ridiculous. But uh, we're driving to a car show, and we're going through downtown Seattle, and the truck lost all its air, and it laid frame on the freeway at 60 miles an hour dude and almost got him killed uh i was in the support vehicle in the back and uh, i saw this shit happen and i was like oh my god um yeah definitely not the safest vehicles on the road but uh it was fun uh, he would drop it and taking taking out the road reflectors called them turtles and you'd see like a bunch of dead reflectors on the side of the road oh coffee i have a i have a love affair of your van like i love that back off back the hell off listen listen (laughs) dude i want that van so bad that's okay i want that challenger he's selling too so i mean okay all right I'll probably buy the van instead, just to shit, just piss you off. But I am I, from Washington. I am from Arkansas. And Blake is from Louisiana. <laughs> oh <my> God, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, time for a van auction. Dang, time for a van auction. <laughs> I've been looking for you, Chris, on the down low already. I'm wa- so the 23rd is when I find out if Facebook's going to pay me out. I already found another van. I actually have a couple. Some people have reached out to me about vans, but I found one that is almost identical to the one I just sold, with the exception of it doesn't have the big door in the back. Um, but uh, I yeah, I can't tell if it's the same color or not, or if it's like a burgundy, but it's got a rebuilt 360 in it and it runs and drives. I don't want to say the price on here. Because if uh, my buddy that I sold my van to, I don't want him to think I ripped him off because I really didn't. Um, This van is just a really good deal. Uh, I told the guy that I'm expecting some money. And this is an this I shouldn't admit this here. Um, I was already negotiating with him and I was already I was already able to chop him down on the price a little bit. So we're going to get a good deal. (laughs) And uh, I kept a lot of shit for that van. And uh, one thing that's funny that I kept, it was at fifty five hundred. And uh, I said, I'll sell it to you for five, but I get to keep the floor mats because I had these custom, um, you know, I don't know if you guys have seen them, but they're like old school rubber floor mats for vans. And they, they'll they say Dodge and they'll have like a cartoony van on them. Um, yeah. They're yeah. pretty popular. Well, there was a guy, um, I think his, uh, I think the guy passed away. I think that's a story. And I, if, if I remember right, his Instagram handle was custom van man or custom van guy or something like that. And I had him make me a set of floor mats for my van and they're specific for 78. And uh, I really didn't want to get rid of them because I spent a, hundreds of dollars on them. And I was like, what are they worth to me? I was like, they're worth 500 bucks because I don't know if I can get another set very easily. So 
I kept them and I'm like, all right, now I need to find a 78. And this one that I found just happens to be a 78. So, and it's not, it's in better shape as far as rust goes than mine is. And uh, I negotiated a pretty good deal. And I said, if I get this cash in my hand, I will buy that van from you, sir. <laughs> so, and it's just in Oregon. So it's not too far away. I, I looked, the only thing I found down here, even in the realm, were 78s, uh, camper camper vans. That's the only thing I could find. Like Lots of camper vans. Bro, I, I want a find. camper van so bad. You know what? I, want, I just want an old Dodge camper. Like, do you yeah. guys remember that green and white one I found in Oklahoma? Yes. A while back, I, I wanted so, yeah. that. I wanted that thing so bad. My wife said no, but uh, it, was, it was like twelve hundred bucks, and it ran. Mm-hmm. It ran and drove. Dutch guys, how dare you not tell me about that, you bastard! <laughs> oh, this this guy, I blame him for my new my newfound love for those Malays Mopars. <laughs> um, yeah, I. Uh, I'm having withdrawals of two things, vans and tin grills, but I can't, I can only, I can only have one and I really want to build a van because I'm friends with Matt from rolling heavy magazine. And I told him, I was like, dude, if I get a van, I'm going to build it. And I want to be in rolling heavy magazine. (laughs) I think that would be so sick. Actually, as a matter of fact, I got the latest issue right here. Rolling heavy. We roll, we roll heavy around here. <laughs> Shout out to Matt from Rolling Heavy Magazine. <laughs> um, it's ridiculous. I, I specifically keep a lookout for things like that because, I mean, they're cool, right? Uh, tin grills and vans around here in the South. Man, I, I hardly ever see any of that. Yeah, like, I mean. We'll uh, see the, uh, the first-gen Rams. Like, so what, the 80 through 93 92 sure. all just like they're everywhere but the I mean, grills, no <laughs> but like the, that that first gen of rams that was that was the work truck that was the work truck so i mean you got a lot of guys that had them for i mean and you rarely see a short bed down here it's all long beds and work trucks like that's what they did they worked for their whole life until they got parked somewhere so i mean i think that's why we see such a disconnect with us being in the south Blake, because we see more farm trucks and stuff like that we're not seeing vans and like yeah. tangrills and whatnot like we're seeing mostly the work stuff um i get excited every now and then when i come across because i mean you guys know i blow blake up all the time anytime i find a crew <laughs> yeah. a crew cab swept line or anything within striking distance of me i'm blowing blake up i'm like here you go and do not stop keep them coming man we'll get we'll get we're gonna settle on one one of these days we're gonna find one so that uh, the sweat line, remember, I've talked about it several times, that uh, kind of maroon copper colored crew cab sweaty that I talked about. It used to be a Firefly um, promotional truck. Did I ever tell you about that, Chris? I thought I did. Fire The Firefly promotion uh, so that thing rings like, a bell. Not like, not like that... Uh, horrible beach fest where people you know (laughs) firefly festival fire festival yeah but there's this uh firefly uh i think it's a vodka and it tastes like sweet tea it's an alcohol i think it's a vodka um i know what you're talking about but i I know what you're talking about i mean i worked restaurants for a while and bartended too so yeah i know what you're talking about we sold some of it it awful, was, awful stuff. It was, dude, 
I want to say in the mid two thousands, it was uh, it was a fad, man. Everybody was drinking this stuff. So we had a guy here local that was somehow associated with um, with the distillery, and he had a promotional truck. I was a mechanic at the time for one of the speed shops in, in Baton Rouge, Greater Baton Rouge area. And I remember coming in one day and just seeing this beautiful, like I said, it was like a like a copperish, maroonish color, very much like the color of tea, right? Oh, shit. Um, and on the side, it had the Firefly logos across the, the doors, right? Pretty large white letters. Inside the seats, the bench seats were custom upholstered and embroidered with Firefly. And I think it had, uh, I think it had a 440 big block in it. And we were doing like a gear vendor swap, maybe some AC work on it. But I just, I fell in love with this truck. It was, it was gorgeous. So I'm scrolling on Facebook about three weeks ago. The truck is still in the area. It was on marketplace for sale for 28 G's, and it's still immaculate. Oh wow! And uh, I was like, that. I, I just I responded to that. I was like, hey, I, I don't know how long you've owned this truck, but I used to, I have worked on it at one time. It's so, so cool crazy. to see it. And the guy's like, oh yeah, that was me. I had it built, and you know, I enjoy it. But now <laughs> it's just kind of time to let it go. So. It's uh, it's crazy to see something like that. The logos were stripped from the door. I guess the vinyl decal that's not there anymore, but you can still see to this day the uh, the bench seats are still embroidered. It says Firefly. It's kind of real <laughs> cool backstory. That's pretty yeah. awesome. Speaking of trucks, I that swept one. That thing, I didn't realize how nasty it was. <laughs> like. How the fuck that if you guys watched the Mecham auction, there was a crew cab swepty that went through on the block and it pulled a hundred thousand. And Dutch guys. I thought Dustin, it was more than that. I thought it oh, was it was it was over. I'm just I'm underestimating. It was six six hundred. Or not six hundred, but um, six figures. Um, I think it was like two hundred thousand or yeah, it was something like that. It went over a hundred grand. I, I think know it was three hundred one. God, God, that somebody's got to be pissed. Dutch said, "Dutch said, did you see the floors?" And joking with him, I said, "Yeah, I don't even remember welding them. <laughs> it looked so bad." I was like, "Who the fuck bought that thing?" For that much money, I mean, I suppose if you got that much money, you're like, I'll just have the floors fixed. Well, but also, when there, you're I've bidding, seen the when you're bidding on it from halfway across the auditorium, and it's on the stage. But you get to no. preview this shit. You get to look at them. No, so. guys, I've seen that truck in person. It was parked next to me at uh, the Mopar show at Cruising the Coast, and it's it has driven up next to me, walked around it. Um, I mean, I didn't, I didn't pull up floor mats or anything yeah. like that, but man, walking around. That truck was beautiful. Like it was, it was a nice truck just walking around. I mean, I didn't get yeah. a twenty-eight yeah. point inspection or anything, but um, just just being honest, like I could yeah. see how you know someone would want to put that much money up for it because you know just at first glance, the truck is yeah. gorgeous. That's a, it. Reminded me of something you would see at SEMA. I saw a lot of nice stuff at SEMA, and then you get up really close and start looking at the detail stuff, and you're like, whoa. Bro, did you ever I, follow SEMA fails on Facebook? I don't think I need to. <laughs> I've seen I've seen the welds well, that's, on. Well, that's true. You've been there, so you've seen them. But I, I've seen some sketch. I've seen bolts that weren't tied on these giant lifted trucks, and I'm like, that bolt is coming loose. <laughs> like I, 
I felt uncomfortable when I, cause there was a couple times where I was recording and I was like, all right, don't zoom in on that. But I shouldn't looking back. I should have, I should have called people out on their bullshit. Like, how are you going to bring this to one of the biggest events of the year? Bro, you know, it's <laughs> bad when SEMA themselves goes, all right, you have an extra year when they canceled for COVID and they literally released a statement going, you have an extra year. Don't bring a pile of shit. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we as automotive enthusiasts, especially before you get into the industry, we build it up as just, I mean, it's the end all be all, right? I guess because maybe the exclusivity of it, you know, yeah. how not just everybody can go, which that changes this year. Everybody can go. Yeah. Um, to this was it SEMA Fest they call it the the show after it really and, is an event you kind of have to go to at least once I, I still want to go I still want to go witness it but you, you build it up in your mind as one thing and then event you start peeling back the layers right and you're like oh oh okay well I mean That's I think what, what gets I think what builds it up so much for a lot of folks is like any modern automotive show, like any of the newer automotive shows is like, we got to do the SEMA build. And that's like the big, that's like the yeah. big thing they're working on. They're slamming and just wrenching and getting it together. Um, so you're like, Oh my God, this has got to be like the thing, you know? So I, I'm with you, Blake, but I think that's what really helps like the exclusivity of it or you, the, what used to be the exclusivity of it. And then, you have all these shows that these guys that aren't really in, in the meat of being a car guy, they just really like to watch the shows. And they're like, they're like, I got to be involved. I got I to gotta go. How do I go so I can see this in person? Yeah, the no, 100%. Mass of it, the sheer mass of it is very impressive, you know? And I'm not putting it down in any, any way, but it's just kind of funny how the more you learn about some of the builds – it's still great for networking. It's still great to meet a lot of companies and find out yeah. what new things are on the market. But yeah, I'll say that was like you say, you see the fails and it's like bad. Yeah. I, I will say this for the builds where I was just like, Oh man, are you really proud of bringing that here? There were some builds where I was like, Oh my God, you know, the ingenuity and the creativity and a lot of stuff that you see is really off the chain. One thing that I wasn't expecting to enjoy as much as I did, and I didn't have enough time to really enjoy it, was going into um, obviously the halls, but seeing the new products, that was a lot of fun. But the tools, seeing the cool tools and stuff that they offered for the industry i was like god i wish i had more time to just chill and look at these tools up close because there was a lot of um a lot of cool stuff happening in uh the um uh area with all the vinyl wraps and stuff guys were live vinyl wrapping showing techniques and stuff that was super cool i if i hadn't been so focused on getting content because that's what i went there for i would have been able to enjoy it a little bit more um and there was some there were some builds i really wanted to take a look at that i didn't get a chance to like uh they had quite a few deloreans there and i don't know why I, it's got to be the movie that i uh, I want to hemi swap a DeLorean. <laughs> Dude, yeah, that's your hot and heavy thing to hemi swap. Dude, there's a, a bunch of non Mopars I want to hemi swap, <laughs> but uh, I'll need I'll need help. You know what I mean? I'll need an engineer and a guy with a, a hemi swap company. <laughs> like that, all yeah. the things, 
all good oh, things. Yes. Fellas, but, um, I hate to dip out, so but fun. I got to get up in a few hours, like just a couple hours. All right, buddy, go to bed. We've been at it for over an hour. Yeah. I'm going to keep Blake for a few more minutes, though. <laughs> right on. Blake, it's good to see you, buddy. Uh, everybody in the chat, thanks for joining us. Uh, I look forward to seeing everybody uh, Muscle Cars at the Strip. Hell yeah, dude. We're happy that you're coming. <laughs> oh, we're going to have a time. Hell yeah. Matt from Big Blocks Garage, go follow his podcast. Go listen to it. Go follow him on social media. Um, and hey, watch our watch and listen to our paranormal show on Saturdays at 7 p.m. Pacific. And we talk all sorts of crazy stuff. He's my co-host on that show. It gets a little weird. Oh, it gets weird. But we drop some facts. <laughs> yeah, we get it, we get into some strange, that's for sure. <laughs> and that's before Vegas. <laughs> that's before man. If you ain't, I'm excited now. <laughs> Man, you guys are going to have a good time. <laughs> Chris already knows I don't have a filter. Like, I'll just say whatever pops up into my head. That's the beautiful, oh, that's the beautiful part. <laughs> okay, I got you. I, I'll, I'll tell this one story real fast. Nice. Uh, and some of these guys might have seen it. We're Chris and I road tripped the Mo Party together. And Chris, throughout the drive, live streamed. And I was driving. I would talk a little bit on it and everything. And we got to talking about affording our Mopar projects and stuff. And I was like, you know what? If there was a market for me on OnlyFans, I'd be on there. I'd be like, I'd show my chocolate starfish. I ain't proud of it, but here it is. I swear to God, if he had been driving, we would have died. We would have died. Oh, my God. That made me – I was crying laughing. It was so funny. I mean, we almost still died because I started, I started crying. I was laughing so hard. Yeah. I mean, hey – you don't want to know what I do for a real wing car. Um, I was criticizing a lot of the Mopar prices at Mecham, but when I found out that the lime green or the uh, limelight uh, Hemi Superbird was like one of two known to exist, um, man, that was, I was like, all right, I see why it went for m multiple six figures. <laughs> Chris was like, Chris was like, I ain't, I ain't gay, but a wing car is a wing car. <laughs> a wing car is a wing car. <laughs> I can, if I, I can afford the counseling. I can afford it. <laughs> I'll go to the jungle and do some ayahuasca and forget all about it. <laughs> all right. Well, everybody, it's been all right, great. Brother. I love you all. Have a good we'll night. We'll see you later. All right, buddy. Bye, bud. Um, Mopar Cruise to Area 51. That's right up talking Mopar's alley. And talking Paranormal's alley, actually, too. Um, Blake. Ah, for a couple minutes, let's let's talk about the shift that you did from DIY Hemi to Sublime Technologies. Mm -hmm. What sure. was uh what was behind the name change? Let's be transparent here. Oh, just being completely honest, it was hard. Um, you know, DIY Hemi had oh man, I had been around since I think it really gained traction in 2015, 2014 as yeah. a, a brand, as a a, a recallable name. Mm -hmm. Um it really started, I'd say like further back than that, 2010, 2011, right? Um, it was hard to separate from that name, but ultimately, I'll tell you, it was because as we're moving on and progressing and we wanted to solidify ourselves, right? We wanted to actually be able to copyright and you know, just patent our ideas and our logo. We went and applied with the U.S. Patent Office and they just straight up said, no way in hell could you copyright DIY Hemi as your logo because Hemi is within the name, it's embedded in the name and it's owned by Chrysler. So the, the patent attorneys basically told us, you guys got to get a new name. 
and it was it was upsetting right because it's we felt like it was a name that most people could just understand immediately what we were about helping yeah. people do these swaps right so it's like man you you put your heart and soul into something you work it up you develop it into something that hopefully helps the community right yeah um, and then it's like oh man we we have to change you know so what what do we do you know um sublime is still it, it hits home right it's it's the yeah. color that we know and love mm-hmm. um but if you look at the root of it um sublime from a definition standpoint means excellence mm-hmm. right and that's one thing we always wanted to do is provide an excellent resource for these things for these engine swaps um if you look at the stuff that we make the stuff that we put out and even just the service we really try to just do it old school above and beyond you know yeah if someone calls i'll tell you right now chris i'll help just about anybody I, it's if you're respectful and you're not you know just like bashing the crap out of us <laughs> yeah. while we're trying to help you yeah yeah um then like I have so many customers, I call them customers, clients, what have you, that have never bought a thing from me. I yeah. don't care. They're yeah. sharing their projects with me. They're getting these cars out on the road. Many of them go out and they'll buy the Mopar crate harness, you know, the crate engine, the crate harness, everything, all mm-hmm. the bits and pieces. And they get it in, they read the in- installation manual, and they're like, I, I don't even know where to begin. You know, I don't, what, what does this mean? You know, unfortunately, as much as we love Mopar, I'm still a huge fan. Like, I think they have great stuff. Um, the customers, customer support on that level just doesn't exist. I mean, you, <laughs> you can't go to your dealership and say, all right, so I'm installing this Mopar performance part. You know, I'm installing this engine. I'm installing this, this engine management system, the wiring harness, the ECM, all this stuff. Um, and it won't do this. It won't do anything. Where do I start? I mean, most technicians, especially the younger generation of technicians that yeah. just haven't been exposed to it, you know, it's yeah. not their fault. Mm-hmm. They just, they don't even know how to help, even though they may want to. Um, no, I don't want to take that away from, you know, the dealerships and their techs. They have some great people out there, but yeah. a, a high majority or, you know, people young off in their career just getting started and they may not have the background because, you know, sometimes it takes a blend of knowing old school and new school to merge them together. Yeah. Um, it's simple stuff, right? So, um, I say simple. It's simple. Somebody just has to tell you, right? Yeah. It's, just, it's just informing people. So I think this week alone, there must have been six guys that I helped. Wow. I've never bought anything from I don't care. Like, I, they're showing me pictures of their bills, and I'm like, oh, man, I got to see this. <laughs> I absolutely have to see this, right? Yeah. Um, and that's just the way that's the way we do business. You know, we want to build cool stuff that people need. We want to make it easier for people. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's about helping the community and helping helping people enjoy their vehicles. 100%. And that's why, like, I love small businesses because you don't, like you said, you don't get the support from these. I mean, call Mopar, see how many, you know, see how quick you get answers. And, and like you're saying, um, I went to a dealership and I went to their parts department 
And I was like, how do you guys feel about the power brokers stuff? Is this going to be a power broker dealership? And they're like, what's that? And I was like, yeah, no clue. Huh? <laughs> like, no clue. Yeah. And most guys, most of those guys, most of those techs, you know, as hardworking as they are, you know, respect to those guys. Um, to most of those guys, they're not like us. You know, they're not like the guys watching this show right now or listening to this show. The guys and gals, they're not hardcore Mopar enthusiasts. That's a job to them. They don't have that passion. You know, some of them do. Don't get me wrong. There's definitely oh, them out there. My but, parts guy, Jason, at my local dealership, that's yeah. my butt. Like, okay. He is he is so cool. Hell he's yeah. like, man, man, check out my, he's got, a, I think, like an 03 Ram. Um, and he's just like, yeah, I'm going to, you know, swap it. And I'm going to take it on drag week. And nice. he's my he's my guy that, I mean, everybody needs an inside guy. I'm oh, yeah. like, Jason, look, I'm looking for something like this. Um you got to get creative sometimes and problem solve, you know, and um, let's say a specific installation needs like a type of hose, right? Yeah. I'll call him up. I'm like, have you ever seen a part that looks like this? You know, if it's a hose, like this diameter, you know, Z shape, whatever. And he's like, <laughs> oh man, the new dart has that. Like he'll, and he'll, he'll find it. It's like old school parts guys from back in the day. Yeah. You know? Um, so yeah, I love him to death. He's absolutely cool. They had some some really good help out there. There, there's also like you said, yeah. the ones that are there for a paycheck. But yeah, those uh, guys are the ones that should be in the parts department, and they need more guys like that out in the shop. I just don't think, you know, I, I suppose it it really just boils down to obviously the individuals and um, the owners of the dealership. That too, I, you know, I've I've seen like. I'm pretty sure the owner of one of the local dealerships here is a, a Mopar enthusiast because he has a bunch of cool classic Mopars and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, when I go to that place, I expect when I go to the parts department, you know, that they're going to know some stuff. And I just I don't right. I don't have any faith in a lot of the local um, Dodge dealers and stuff that I've experienced. I haven't I haven't run across any hardcore Mopar enthusiasts. Funny enough, though, one of my uh, close friends here um, works at a Honda dealership. And as it turns out, somebody at his show, because my friend has a Dodge truck and he's got two of my stickers on the back, right? Mm-hmm. And the guy goes, talking Mopars, right? And he works at a Honda dealership and he's like, yeah. And he goes, oh, I listen to that show all the time. I follow that guy. And my buddy's like, oh, yeah? And he's like, yeah, he's one of my best He's one of my best friends, my buddy tells him. And he's like, really? <laughs> so it's like small world. So that yeah. that was cool. Um, but that's that's uh, an enthusiast who just happens to work at a Honda dealership now. So I think that's kind of funny. So I will but. say this. I, I learned a lot more about the power broker setup, I think, than most people have the pleasure to, to, to know or be exposed yeah. to. Um, so locally, I have some really good friends. Uh, Matt at Demon Motorsports. He's a late model Chrysler speed shop, right? He's, okay. He's got a little shop in town, really cl- close friends, been knowing him for, you know, well over 20 plus years. Um, he was approached by the local dealership because the owner and a lot of the, the, the lead salesmen and managers reach out to him to get their, their vehicles spiced up, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they approached him one day and they're like, hey, we're thinking about doing this power broker thing. Would you, would you join us? Would you come work at the dealership? as like our, our head technician for power brokers and he thought about it for a while you know because obviously in your own business there's a lot of freedoms oh yeah a lot of freedoms um but um in that process 
um, the owners actually had asked him and, and he came to me and we worked on it together. Like, what, what is a power broker? Even as a dealer, as a manager of a dealership, they didn't fully know like what it entailed. I guess internally, there's not a lot of great communication, um, you know, from the manufacturer of Dodge and, and Chrysler to the, the dealerships. Mm. So I had a conversation with Dave up at Roseville Moparts. Uh, it's a dealership oh. up in Detroit. Yeah. Yeah, I've been knowing him for a while. And he just kind of like laid it out there. Yeah, yeah, we're a power broker and this is what, you know, has to take place. And at one point in time, when they first announced this power broker, um, this dealership, this ability to get this status, um, they were saying that it's like a high multitude, like 90% have to be performance certified technicians in your shop. Oh. Right. And so they actually have to take classes and they have to learn more in depth uh, aspects of diagnostics and how to improve power and performance of these things. Um, I heard some people say 100 percent. You know, I'm not sure why the guy that does tire rotations and oil changes, you know, would be sent <laughs> to the school. But if sure. so, that's even cooler. Right. That's yeah. how you get the young blood in to get excited. Yeah. But a power broker dealership, for the most part, they look out for the enthusiasts that want to make this stuff fast and still have a, okay. fast, a factory warranty. So my friend Matt, as of two weeks ago, accepted. So he still has his own personal business and he's just going to do um, a lot of local tuning and some yeah. um, more project jobs, I guess you would say, like take on one client at a time as an okay. individual. Yeah. But yeah, so they have the Dodge dealership right here in Baton Rouge is going for, I think it's the only one now. Yeah, it's going for its power broker status. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I definitely wouldn't mind living close to a dealership like that. <laughs> I was pumped for him. I'm just like, yeah. Man, like this is phenomenal because you're going to be able to get inside information in a direct line to how things work and cut down some of the barriers. And I mean, that's really why those guys in the LS world have exploded in the popularity. Everybody mm. shares everything. Yeah. You know, so. Like, how much is that lacking in the Hemi community? A lot. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. It's, it's getting so much better. I would say in the last three to four years, it's getting so much better. People are excited to share in the beginning. It was like, um, how would you say it was like a, a little club, right? If you figured uh -huh. it out and you got it done, you were in the club and you like, it was like this thing, like, Oh, don't, don't share. Like it's a badge of courage. If you, if you figure it out, then you, you belong in the club and then you're cool, but we're not going to really reach out and help too many people get here. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was kind of weird, but that's one thing we really wanted to open up like a can of worms. It's like, nah, man, like everybody in. Hell yeah. Everybody. Like the, the look at the performance catalog, you know, it's, it's got offerings, but people often don't even know how to use them. You know, they yeah. say, Oh, crate engine. Let me get the crate engine. They'll pull it out of the catalog. Um, or maybe they just go get a pullout from a reg vehicle and they say, okay, now what do I need? And even the catalog doesn't really tell you, you know, it doesn't say, hey, this is the crate engine. You're going to need this wiring harness kit. You're going to need this accessory kit. Depending on your vehicle, you're going to need this oil pan. You know, it, it just really doesn't go into that depth. It's just yeah. like kind of, hey, here, you figure it out. Yeah, that's uh, 
that's a problem. I, I'm the type of guy that make it make it easy for me. So I can just go and go. Well, yeah. Yeah. And it I, is easy. I mean, I've lived on both sides of the world. I've lived in the LS market. I work a lot of speed ship shops in our area are LS based. Mm-hmm. I did that since they came out, you know, 99, 2000s. I worked on them. I'll tell you right now, from a very high level, there is no installation difference between a hemi and an ls it is just as easy yeah the basics are identical um and you see how much people mark up oh just drop ls in it just drop ls in it and people Mm. don't realize they can get a more powerful better breathing hemi and do the same thing yeah it's that easy (laughs) yeah man gosh I uh, I don't know. There's just something about like I don't want anybody to get it twisted. I love old school stuff. You love old school stuff. Oh, absolutely. There's so much. There's so much more that can be done with the Hemi world, and it's still the Hemi swap industry. We can call it that, I guess. Is still in its infancy, from what I'm seeing. It's oh, yeah. like it's so new. Like, how many years do you think the LS swap industry has on the hemi industry so you've been in both sides to to be a heavy hitter um you know it started simple but as far as like the explosive just you see them everywhere it's been a good 10 years hitting strong and they still have products coming out every day yeah that's crazy is there is there still massive room for growth in the hemi swap world for products and stuff yeah Absolutely. Um, you know, kind of look at it like this. Um, go to any bullet yard, go to any salvage yard, and just walk around. You're going to find Hemis in there. I mean, they were put in just like the LS. It was put in everything. You know, yeah. some, some shape or form, the platform was put in everything. You're talking about vans. You're talking about trucks, cars. Uh, Jeeps, you know, the, the SUVs. There are millions of these engines produced. They're easy to get a hold of now. The prices are coming down into the stratosphere. It used to be, man, they were obscene, you know, mm-hmm. a 5.7 for 2,500 bucks out of a salvage yard. Man, people are getting them for 500 bucks, 450 bucks now, you know, and <laughs> they're just so readily available. Um, and availability drives the market right yeah so if you can get a five seven in really great shape let's say it's just like spectacularly clean for 1500 bucks for a powertrain that puts out 395 horsepower right you're talking about like a truck five seven from 2015 whatever 2011 1500 bucks for 395 horsepower that you could swap in and then Take a step back and look at the availability of old school Mopar engines. I still love them. I love them to death. But yeah. dude, you can't find a 340 block for $1,500. <laughs> no, no. You just very, can't. Very the, avail- the availability has gone down, right? Yeah. So if we really want to support our hobby, we love Mopars. We love these old classic cars. Well, how does that hobby stay alive? More people get exposed to them more people fall in love with them, right? If you have, I'm going to say random, a really common Mopar that people love to see, it's like a duster, right? Yeah. 
say you have like a 72 duster beautiful car but if it sits in your garage for six years waiting on you to piecemeal and afford <laughs> to yeah. put that 340 together when you can go practically anywhere get a drop in almost 400 horsepower engine and get on the street where people can see it yeah. where you can go to a stoplight and look over and there's a kid eating an ice cream cone and he drops <laughs> his shit yeah, yeah 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 because your car is so cool that is youth getting involved in the hobby and yeah. they're seeing it and it's it's living and it's breathing and it's growing that's how you keep the hobby alive oh 100 percent and you bring them in. Yeah. They saw that car at that stoplight one day, that, that intersection. And they go to a car show. And yeah, then go look at the ones that are numbers matching with the carbureted engines. Hey, they're cool. That's history. That's great stuff. But if they had never seen that one rolling around on the streets, just tearing it up, getting them enthused, then maybe they would never make that connection when they see one at a car show. Yeah. No, 100%. It's funny, too, because you talk to some people that are like the old school guys. And one common thing that I, I hear a lot is, uh, oh, well, it's just it's too much technology, you know, fuel injection and all that. I like carburetors. And it's like, go, go hit up uh, OCP performance and get yourself one of those four barrel manifolds to throw a carburetor on top of that Gen 3 Hemi. <laughs> you know, they, they've got dual quad setups. They, you know, they, you can do it, It's... <laughs> You can have a lot of fun with a modern Hemi, and I, I think, and I think people are really scared of the price. But, I mean, the low buck Hemi truck, <laughs> you know what I mean? The the Cuda, you know, it can be done for a reasonable amount of money. Oh, absolutely! So. And I really wish that I'm a huge supporter of horse trading and just yeah. doing the old school car guy methods for getting what you need and want, being resourceful, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, look, the Hemi and the Cuda, I remember, um, you know, just starting my family. I had little ones and it was like, man, I got to get this project on the road, got to get going. And a local salvage yard had that engine. It was a car that had, uh, it rolled over. It was a 300C. And um, I remember like, God, I just want to get this project on the road. Um, let me hit this guy up um, and see, you know, what he wants for it. And he was like 2,500 bucks for the engine back then, and uh, which I thought was steep, you know. Um, I didn't know at that point it is as good of a shape as it is, but um, I just bartered with the guy. I'm like, all right, um, you know, you, you try to keep a, a responsible uh, bank account when you have a family, right? You don't try to just like blow everything <laughs> you have. And I remember just approaching like, all right, how about this? Um, I have 1,500 bucks. And I had at the time, I, I had an old vintage uh, seven up, like a, a glass bottle drink machine, you know? <laughs> yeah. It was like in my little man cave. And I picked that up for a hundred bucks one, one day and I just fixed it up. Like I put new light ballasts in it and got it working really well. And it was my beer fridge and it, but it looks really <laughs> cool. Right. And he looked at me, he's like, you got pictures? I sent him some pictures and he's like, sweet, done deal. You know, like just barter, it, do what you can and, and do it the old school way, man. Yeah. Got this and this, you want to work a little trade? Sweet. Yeah. You know, get going with it. And and that's the cool part is I got the engine home. Uh, and when I pulled the starter, I found that it was uh, a reman as well with less than 10,000 miles on it. Oh. <laughs> yeah. 
So that was, I mean, it was luck, but I mean, if you don't take a little gamble and try to barter and, and work your way through it, um, then it, you, you're letting yourself down a little bit. It's, don't get me wrong, super convenient to go buy a crate from Mom Mopar. Super convenient. Sure. Um, and I don't discourage it, but it's another area where you can quickly get into a project that sits for years and years if you yeah. just don't have the, the resources. You know, some people don't have, you know, eight, ten grand to drop on a five seven or a six four crate mm-hmm. that still needs accessories and all this stuff. Yeah. You can go get a complete pullout for fifteen hundred bucks with everything you need but the oil pan on it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, just be resourceful. And that's that's the thing, those LS guys is as much as we call them like the <laughs> the pumpkin spice latte of engine swaps. Um, those guys are not afraid to get get nitty gritty and, and do some bartering and you know rub two sticks together and see what happens, you know. A hundred percent. I I have this nightmare that eventually you know, with all the electrification and shit coming out, I, I get scared that the federal government is going to go, okay, anyone with a vehicle X year and previous, you're going to have to pay an excess tax, an extra tax for driving your old stuff. But then I feel like there's going to be that loophole where, well, if you have a modern engine in it, that's a little bit more efficient, then we can, you know, we can bypass that tax. I feel like that's coming down the line. And as a modern Hemi enthusiast, <laughs> I, I love them so much. I'm like, if that loophole is going to be there, I can imagine the surge of people going, I'm not going to pay some bullshit tax to, you know, drive my 318 around. I'll go get a 5.7 Hemi and drop it in this thing. So mm-hmm. I, I feel like the potential of growth for the Hemi swap movement is so great that, um, you know, if you're not... If you're not completely sold, just do some research, you know, go to, it's still DIYHemi.com. <laughs> you know, go to DIYHemi.com, look into it a little bit. You know, it's not as hard as you would think. And I think a lot of people just, you know, I, sometimes I think the LS swap world got into their head a little bit and they're like, I'm not going to try to be like one of those guys, you know, in the Hemi, in the, in the Mopar world. It's like, come on, man, be a little bit more open-minded. But I, I get the old school guys, you know, I have nothing mm-hmm. against the people that are like, die hard 440 or you know 440 or nothing like like our friend johnny mopar like it's all good man that's good man do you let me uh let me drop this thought on you okay Okay. so we talk about the livelihood of the the hemi swap the modern hemi swap in the future okay what has Dodge done recently with, you know, the announcement of electrification and those things, right? It's like, hey, look, yep, we're going electric. I understand they have government mandates that it's pretty much forcing them in that direction, more or less. I get it. Mm-hmm. Okay. But you take a step back and look at what else they've also done. You would think if their company is really, truly sold on electrification more than kind of being forced into it. It's cool. Don't get me wrong. Like it has its place, right? Why on earth would they not only retain their crate five, seven, six, four, and six two offerings, but also come out with four new levels of the Hellcat and six point four crate engine and sure. the Hurricane Turbo six cylinder ice engine? They still believe in it, you guys. They're For not sure. going to invest all this money in offering six new crate engines for us to swap into these cars if they didn't see the potential. Yeah. 
no, they they know there's potential there. They they have to abide by by Uncle Sam and, and the federal government. But uh, as long as they keep producing the crates and stuff, I, I have I have high hopes. And you know, you and I have talked about this many times. The wrecking yards are about to be overwhelmed with hemis. <laughs> it's uh, going to get to the point where you're going to have to start pulling them as many as you can. <laughs> look at Hellcat prices. They have dropped dramatically mm-hmm. because so many people are wrecking those cars. They're, they're more powerful than most people can maintain yeah. or handle, yeah. right? I mean, it, I remembered the common price on a pullout. It's a 25 grandish, 24, 25 grand for a pullout Hellcat powertrain. Mm-hmm. Now you're seeing in very, very frequently in the 12 to $13,000 range. Yeah. Yeah. Low miles. <laughs> I've seen them as low as like seven, eight. Yeah. That's, you know, so it's crazy. It's coming and the pricing and the availability is only getting better. Yeah. And, and uh, there's people that are, um, creating the uh parts needed to throw a hellcat supercharger on top of a 5.7 so you can still have a five six hundred horsepower car and have a lot of fun um not everybody wants to go you know eight seconds in the quarter mile some guys just want a a nice old car that cruises well i for me the the idea i can jump in my classic mopar fire it up and have no issues or worries driving it a thousand miles you know, if my if Haggerty's listening, I don't drive that much. So <laughs> I just got my insurance quote today for the Roadrunner. Um, but uh, I, I, there's something there that is um, appealing. That that's very appealing to me. Um, and the idea that these modern engines, there's there's so much, they're so tunable, and you can do whatever you want with them. You want to leave them NA, leave them NA. You want to supercharge them, supercharge them. You want to throw nitrous at them, you can throw nitrous at them. Turbochargers, throw turbochargers at them. I don't know. I love the modern engines, and I love the classic styling. And, you know, what you do and your purpose, is like you serve that world, you know, perfectly. And that's why I'm such a supporter of what you do. Um, and while I'll... You know, I'm, like I said, I'm just a big fan of the Gen 3 Hemis and their, you know, what they stand for, especially because I'm so anti-LS, just because I'm like, Mopars will always be cooler, so why not put a modern Hemi in your car? Um, that's why It's funny when I see these guys swapping LSs into old Mopars, because I'm like, you have to you have to be doing it just to piss people off, because the Hemi will always be the better, better option. And the only thing that I hear against it is, oh, well, the LSs are so much cheaper and i'm like just give it a couple more years when these millions of hemi powered cars and trucks start hitting the wrecking yards it's gonna it's gonna happen it will happen they were mass produced so and i i bring it all back man if we want our hobby to survive we have to get the vehicles on the road and we have to enjoy them heck for our sake what is, what has COVID taught us we yeah. enjoy life yeah right absolutely and getting them on the road and getting out there is ultra important for the hobby and and Mm -hmm. i really believe that you know i want to see this i want to see my kids be able to enjoy this type of stuff and if we don't make changes if we don't make changes to where we're we're getting back and getting involved and not on our couch and our ipads we're out there cruising the streets and cutting up and having fun with each other Mm -hmm. you know our hobby is in danger of going away yeah 100 percent 
I, again, I was at the Mopar show down at Cruising the Coast in Biloxi, that huge event down there. And I remember this beautiful enclosed trailer pulling into the show, right? Uh, I think it was one of the members of the club down there. And I mean, it had a very slim chance, maybe a 10% chance of rain that day. And the owner literally pulls his trailer up in the car show and opens up the side door and the back door so that people could see the car inside the trailer. The trailer, the car never made it out. It was a, I mean, meticulously restored later B body. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it was a yellow car. Again, I, from where I was standing and just walking by, I couldn't even see what it was because it was in the trailer. You had to go look in the trailer at what it was, you know? Yeah. I think it, I think it was a super B, but, um, again, how does that do our passion and our community any justice, you know? And people need to see them and enjoy them and feel them. And, yeah. you know, they talk about, you'll never forget the experience of a big block. Okay, well, we'll drive it. Yeah. Drive it. Let the yeah. ground shake from the mm-hmm. torque. Like, let people feel choked up in their throat, right? The, 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 the grounds that people levy towards when they talk about big blocks. Mm-hmm. And that simple answer is they're either just too afraid something's going to happen to it or maybe the cost of fuel is too much, stuff like that. You don't have to worry about that with the Hemi swamp. You know, you just mm-hmm. throw it in, you go enjoy the hell out of it. Right? Yeah. And I just worry about that. I have the utmost respect for those rotisserie stored cars and the amount of care that owners put into them. I just have concerns that when those individuals pass on, someone's going <laughs> to, what's the old saying? It's like not driving your car is like saving your wife for your sec- her second marriage. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's, I, I just kind of get baffled. I'm like, man, enjoy it. Enjoy it. Yeah. Let people see it. Keep the enthusiasm alive. Keep the hobby alive. Get out there. hundred percent. I think that's a, I think that's a good spot to end, but I do want to ask you another question. Um, Lance brings up a good point, but before we get to Lance's point, well, actually let's, let's talk about this really quick. Um, a lot of people an, another contention is all the sensors and all the you know all the modern tech in these engines how reliable really are they i think they're pretty reliable from what you know from my experience mm-hmm. okay so my question to that is it's, it's a simple scenario right mm-hmm. you're at your house your family's a thousand miles away right and they're in danger Mm-hmm. And in your driveway is an old school and a modern pickup truck. Which one are you taking yeah, to go yeah. save your family? 100%. Yeah. Right. We drive these things every day. They are manufactured with the utmost reliability. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, anything mechanical can fail. It's true. Yeah. Every single sensor on these engines, which they're not really that many, every single fuel injector, every single component undergoes very strenuous cycle testing, right? And that's why I'm such a huge supporter of utilizing factory components like a factory ECM, factory Mm -hmm. engine management, because these cars are beat to death and put through any single condition you could imagine before the first model rolls off the assembly line, right? I mean, I have so many 
engines that have you know 100 200,000 miles on them i'll just pull them just i don't know i'll put it in something one day yeah and they'll fire right the hell up yeah you know <laughs> i mean it's just just really think about that you know to say that we don't believe in engines with sensors and all those act, you know, actions electronics if you will is like saying that we don't believe a modern car is reliable enough to drive cross country yeah no exactly it's i mean the the modern the lx platform has ran for so long mm-hmm. that it's i mean if you ran the numbers it's probably one of the most reliable vehicles on the road Absolutely. Um, you know there's a reason why not much was changed you know so I'm, I'm definitely on board with you and i i definitely would jump in the modern truck to go save my family that's a thousand well, miles it's, away it's, and it's true very, it's very dramatic right it's like uh, over embellished a little bit but sure it's true right it's it's true yeah no 100 percent um Josh Blake is the owner of Sublime Technologies, uh, formerly known as DIY Hemi. He's a modern Hemi swap guru and an engineer who's much smarter than me. And I'm very happy to be friends with him because I can ask him questions and he can teach me things. Um, and we've got we've got big fun Hemi stuff planned for the future. So I can't wait for us to get Absolutely. the ball rolling on that. But that's for a different time and a different show. Blake, thank you for joining myself and Matt and uh man muscle cars of the strip is going to be a lot of fun dude i'm so excited i'm glad we got matt on board um we were talking earlier it's like the first time that the motley crew is going to be all together not to mention with an entire slew of people we know and people that we're friends with so it's it's going to be a lot of fun and for anybody that's got questions about mopars um and modern hemi swaps blake's blake's the guy um good i mean you can try calling mom mopar you can try calling holly uh, and i'm not saying anything bad about either of them but you know blake blake likes to help people and uh you know he's one of my best friends so thank you blake and uh you. hemi hemi swap the world that's it <laughs> hell yeah swap man the world. thanks again brother and uh i'm sure we'll talk tomorrow or something <laughs> oh for sure we will have a good night man all right brother hey, go get a couple hours of sleep all right <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. We'll see you later. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Remember, no Mopar left behind. Hemi swap the world. There you have it, my friends. Another episode of Talking Mopars is in the books. For everything you need to know about this show, you know where to go, TalkingMopars.com. And you can reach me by emailing Chris at TalkingMopars.com or by leaving me a voicemail on my voicemail box at 209 209- 28 Mopar, and you just might get to hear yourself on the show. So keep sharing those Mopar stories with me and anything else that is on your Mopar addicted mind. Special thanks to my friends at DIYHemi.com. For those of you that don't know, Blake has rebranded DIY Hemi, so although the website is still DIYHemi.com, DIY Hemi is now Sublime Technologies. So if you've been considering swapping a modern Gen 3 Hemi into your classic Mopar, then reach out to Sublime Technologies, get a hold of Blake, and tell them that I sent you. Blake has supported me from the beginning of this show, and I also support him in his mission to hemi-swap the world. Also, don't forget how important it is to keep your Mopar protected from the elements. If you need protection, don't wait. Head on over to TalkingMopars.com, click on the Affiliates tab, and go get your Mopar covered today. That's it, my friends. Until we talk again, I am your host, Chris Albrecht, and that was Talking Mopars. 
Thank you for listening to Talking Mopars, your direct connection to all things Mopar. Until next time, remember, no Mopar left behind.